Hey there! Welcome to Imperfectly Pollyanna, a podcast where we have real and honest talk while finding the good in the imperfections, whether in faith, homeschool, health, or overall life. I am your host, Courtney, a faith-filled homeschool mom of two, certified health coach, medical professional, and eternal optimist. I am so glad you're here. Stink bugs. Seriously, did you happen to see my recent Instagram story about them? If you did and you saw my reaction to one coming after me, well, you're welcome for the free entertainment. (laughs) I usually have a few pop up here and there every year, but it's no big deal. However, this year, I know I'm not the only one, but where are they all coming from? I thought we had just a few on our back door until I went outside this morning for a few homeschool activities. And the side of my house was covered in them. Probably several hundred. You heard me right. Hundreds. And while I love nature, love it, and I have dreams of living on my own farmland one day, I just, I just can't with stink bugs. They give zero craps about who you are or where you are. Who knew they enjoy flying so much? And... They give me all the feels of them having full conversations amongst themselves on which one will attempt to break free into the house and take over. I had no idea we were living in a modern day Egypt with the plague of stink bugs instead of locusts. But really, do you have suggestions for quick and easy ways to get rid of them? Are they attracted by something specific? Will they go away once fall sets in with cooler weather? I suppose this is something I could have my kids research for a homeschool project because that's what we do. But if you have a suggestion, please, please send me a message on Facebook or Instagram or send me an email at Courtney at ImperfectlyPollyanna.com. I will love you forever if it works. I will love you even if it doesn't work, but I'll love you forever if it works and will even send you a thank you gift. I'm not even joking. So, anywho. I do have a point in this episode, I promise. Before I connect the dots for you, though, I just want to give a huge shout out and thank you to every single person who has listened and shared the show with a friend. My last episode about fear not being mandated has flown to the second position of most listened to episodes, and the feedback has been encouraging and such a blessing, not just to me as the host, but it's been a blessing to those you are sharing it with. I know because they've reached out and told me. It is because of you that we can put positivity, encouragement, and bravery back out into the world. What I continue to find is that each time we share a bit of vulnerability and authenticity, we reach someone else and just like the ripple effect of a rock thrown into the water, it bounces to the next person and then the next. So let's keep doing that, okay? Will you share this episode with someone or a few someones? Even if you shared last time, it takes more than one voice for a song to be sung. Now, back to the stink bug situation. Actually, it's not about the stink bugs exactly, but in a roundabout way, it reminds me of my devotional this morning as well as how quickly the show is getting heard now. Have you recently felt the weight of the world on your chest? I know I have. I've literally had chest pains on several occasions while at work. And I know and recognize that it isn't cardiac related, but instead it is due to stress and anxiety. 
a little over a week ago, we had a horrific incident occur at work. I was sitting in my station when I heard dispatch come over the radio calling for a unit to respond to an officer shot. One of our own deputies, someone I had just made a call with maybe 20 minutes before that, had been shot in the head. The crew who responded, they ended up having to take cover from flying bullets. While I didn't treat or transport the officer, I did treat and transport someone else that was involved. I don't want to go into details about the run, but just know that every single emotion possible ran through each of us involved that night. Afterwards, we hugged each other, called and texted each other, and we prayed harder than ever. Y'all, our officer survived. He made it to and through surgery. He has begun trying to breathe on his own, and while he's still critical, he is stable. He is defying the odds, and I believe that is 100% because of God hearing our prayers and moving. He has been there in the midst of it all. I've been so caught up with current events that when that incident happened, it was like being woken up out of my sleep. Nothing else mattered in those moments, just safety and care and doing our job. You know when you sit and stare in a daze and someone snaps their fingers to get your attention? I feel like that's happening right now in our world. We had a slight awakening when COVID hit, and we had to do the whole two weeks to flatten the curve, which worked so well, right? Then we had some awakening during election, now some with the vaccine debates. And I'm not referring to quote-unquote woke culture. But really? Really? It is time for us to stop turning to the world for answers, seeking their approval, trying to not rock the boat too much for fear of being canceled. Why are we so quick to back down when conflict occurs? Or there are some who refuse to back down, but their feet are not planted on solid ground. We need to not only wake up, but to put on the full armor and stand up. You cannot fight a battle without armor. It's just plain dumb if you do and leads inevitably to death. What are we supposed to stand up to? Well, I think it's important to address both what we stand up to as well as why the full armor matters. After all, my children learn best when they know the why behind their learning. I know I hated certain things in school as a kid because I thought, I will never need to know this. (laughs) My devotional this morning was from Ephesians, and while this wasn't the whole thing, it's what matters right now for me to share with you. I'm not going to be addressing everything today, but we are at least going to get a running start. So buckle up, friend. Here we go. In verse 10 of chapter 6, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. This wasn't a request. This was a statement. Be strong in the strength of his might. I looked up the meaning of the word might and found that it means great and impressive power or strength especially of a nation, large organization, or natural force. Whenever I learn the meaning behind a word, it really does make a bigger impact on what I'm reading. How about you? But the question is, how do we do that? How do we be strong in the strength of his might? Well, I'm glad you asked. Verse 11 begins to tell us the why and the how. It says, Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. It continues to tell us to take up the full armor 
so that you will be able to resist on the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Now, I want to stop there for a second and just point out that we are called to put on the armor to resist the devil and stand firm. There will be people every day of our lives doubting our beliefs and causing us to doubt truth. Not the truth that the world holds, but the truth that he is and he holds. Sometimes it feels like the world is doing this topsy-turvy thing, and about the time you read or hear one thing, it changes to something else, and before too long, you have no idea which way is up or which way to walk. Sort of like when you get off a -a tilt-a-whirl at a festival. (laughs) It gets worse as you get older with those things. Yes. So what are we told to put on? First is the belt of truth. I think about how it's so mainstream to say, well, I'm telling my truth, but shouldn't the truth be the truth be the truth? What am I missing there? I mean, I get that someone may share how they are feeling in a situation so others can understand a different view. Like riding a roller coaster. One person may feel exhilarated by the speed and someone else may feel sheer terror. Both people are not wrong because it is the truth with how they feel. But there is another truth. Truth that is fact. Like the fact that a roller coaster is fast. It has hills or turns, sudden stops, what color it is, and that sort of thing. That's truth. And even if someone says, well, I don't agree with you, doesn't change that the roller coaster is all of those things. When we put on the belt of truth, is that our personal truth? Is that what we've been told all of our lives? Is that what society or the media tells us to believe? I wondered if there was a reason why the belt of truth was listed first in the description of armor. So I did a little searching. Roman soldiers stored their weapon in their belt. Without a belt, they couldn't carry the weapon. Makes sense, right? Not only that, but the belt also helped to secure other pieces of armor. I suppose it was essential in that if you didn't have the belt, your armor might fall off of you, or you may not be able to protect yourself with your weapons being closely at hand. Law enforcement carries their equipment on their belt for similar reasons. Firefighters and those in the first responder arena may also have a belt that is part of their uniform in order to equip them for whatever the day holds ahead of them. Now, what does it mean to have the belt of truth? I had to do some more research on that as well, which, by the way, I've always found joy and curiosity, and it's just been amplified in homeschooling because it can be a lot of fun to go off on a side road of exploring a topic that my kids want to learn more about. But anywho, so what does our belt of truth do, and what does it mean? In order to know that answer, we have to know what the source of truth is, who the source of truth is. Back in the day... Ah, yes, remember those days? The news would cite their sources in order to back up what they were saying. Nowadays, it appears the news just shares what they want. They take little snippets of quotes or whatever, and it's all based on their own viewpoints, and then they expect us to just believe it and move on. Oh, yes, again, the good old days. But I happen to know of a verse that gives us the answer to what or who our source of truth is. John fourteen six says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Well, what do you know? We found that the source of truth, the real truth, is Jesus. But then, how do we take the knowledge that he is the truth and apply that every day? How do we battle with truth? I got you. 
In order to battle with truth, you must know the truth. You must know the source of truth. And the only way to do that is to invest time on a regular basis to find out who Jesus was and is and build a relationship with him. When we are in a relationship with someone, we take time to get to know them, right? How many times have you met couples who have been together so long that they know each other like the back of their hand? What about someone who is blind and knows who someone is by touching their face? In my pursuit of reading the Bible in one year, I have found that my faith has increased the more I read, the more I learn, the more my relationship with the Lord grows. This also builds confidence, my confidence, in who he is. Side note, but related, last week I was reading Isaiah 53, which, if you don't know, is in the Old Testament, and Isaiah was alive around 700 years before Jesus was born. Isaiah 53 is so descriptive about a servant coming to the world, what would happen to him, how he would himself would bore our sickness and pains. He would be afflicted, pierced, crushed, punished, and by his wounds, we would be healed. It says he would be like a lamb led to slaughter. He had done no violence, but would bear our wrongdoings. Friend, this was said about 775 years before Jesus was crucified. This is just one of the many references and prophecies of what was to come. Every time I begin to question the truth, every time I stop and think, but is God, is Jesus, is the spiritual world even real? I come across confirmation simply by sticking to reading the word consistently. I tell you this because when you pray, God hears you. He does. And he wants that relationship with you. But you can't only pray and not take time to listen and vice versa. In order to know the truth, the real truth, the truth of how to proceed in our daily lives, the decisions we need to make for ourselves and for our children, navigating what is wrong and what is right, we cannot truly know the answers if we aren't seeking them. And I don't mean going around and reading every article on Facebook or the latest bestseller self-help book. I don't even mean listening to your friends or family. Why do we think imperfect human beings are the ultimate source of truth? What I do mean is that we can't put on the belt of truth if we aren't constantly seeking the truth. And that truth lies in knowing who God is. When we know who he is, the rest of our armor will hold in place because we will know who is leading this battle. When you know your commander, you can proceed into battle with confidence, knowing he will stand with you and for you. Our belt of truth combats the lies that the darkness would want you to believe. The darkness isn't always obvious, but it will come in ways that present like fear, confusion, and doubt. The belt of truth reminds us who God is so that when we begin to be tempted by lies, we can hold on to the truth and know he is still good, all-powerful, and all-knowing. If our belt of truth is not on properly, kind of wonky, if it's not fitted securely, everything else falls apart. When we have the belt of truth properly in place, not only can we stand firm, but we can share that truth with others. Now, I don't mean we start yelling or arguing with people because, like I've said before, that does nothing for no one. But instead, we share the truth in love. 
Like I said earlier, I'm not going to go over the whole armor in this episode, but I will be talking about the other pieces in the future. The reason I feel like this is important is for a couple of reasons. Number one, there are people who have been so hurt by the church. Not by God, but by those who claim to love Jesus while tearing them apart or causing them pain. I have been there. I have been hurt by people in the church. Because of that, these people have turned from the Lord and either think he isn't real or he doesn't care about them. They think, what is the point when I've gone through so much pain in life? What kind of God would allow that to happen? And I get it. I've said that before. What kind of God would allow me to lose so many babies before I had the two of my own? What kind of God would allow my body to be so broken that it can't do something as simple as reproduce? What kind of God would take the one person I felt was in my corner no matter what? What kind of God would allow so much hurt, pain, and confusion happen? Not only that, but I've had thoughts of even if he wasn't that kind of God, why should I trust him when I've been hurt so badly and gone through so much? I don't know why people turn from God or why they never believed in him to begin with. I don't know the pain each person has been through or every thought in their head. But what I do know is that they still need us to love them through it. We need to speak the truth to these people because those people were us at one point. Maybe those people are actually listening right now. And if you are someone who is hurting or has been so unbelievably hurt by the church, I want you to know how sorry I am for that happening to you. I'm sorry you have felt alone, abandoned, ignored, forgotten, backstabbed, destroyed. Whatever you have felt, I am sorry for that. I also want you to know that you are not beyond redemption as long as you have a breath to breathe. I want you to know that you are loved and seen and heard. Your pain and wounds can be healed if you only take a step forward in faith. In truth, those of us who are following the Lord need to be a vessel of love to those who are hurting. We are called to share the truth in love without fear. They need to know that truth they seek is only found in one place. And the second reason I feel like discussing this topic is important, specifically the belt of truth, is because the time is here. It is not coming or just around the corner, but it is here now. Now is the time. For us to be bold in our witness, to be bold in standing up and standing firm in the truth. If you think that the current events don't apply to you because either you don't live in a state or in a job that is mandating vaccines, maybe you are already vaccinated, so even mandates don't matter to you. Maybe your kids are happy in the school they are in and are successful. Maybe you are a homeschooling family and you feel like you are protecting your kids simply by doing that. We cannot become complacent, friends. If a current event doesn't affect you, It doesn't mean it's not important. It also doesn't mean something isn't on the way that will affect you. We need to be bold in the truth to our children. Even as homeschoolers, I am not naive enough to think that that will simply protect them from the world. See, I don't want to just simply protect them, though that is part of the reason we don't send them to regular school. But I want them to know how to put on their own belt of truth, their own armor, because they will be a part of the battle to come. They will be the warriors. We can't expect someone else to teach them the necessary things in order to survive a battle. It is our job to do that. 
we can't do that if we don't know how to put on the armor or fight the battle ourselves. Is any of this making sense? Remember how I mentioned the stink bugs at the very beginning? Even bringing them back up makes my skin crawl and get the heebie-jeebies. But there was actually a point to make that brings this together. The little annoying insects can easily begin to take over, or at least appear to. There's not just one to fight off, but an entire colony or whatever you call a herd of stink bugs. They can get in the smallest places and even begin to affect your ability to enjoy your backyard right when the weather is behaving nicely. In order to combat them, I can't just say, hey, little buddy. Hi, I sure would appreciate it if you would just go about your way and and leave our house alone. Could you move on to someone else or even, oh, I don't know, kill over quickly? Please and thank you. No, of course I can't do that, though that would be pretty fantastic if I could, wouldn't it? Instead, in order to get rid of them, I have to find out how to make that happen. I need to know what they are attracted to, what kills them, what keeps them from coming back. And in order to find all of that out, I need to spend some time looking in the correct places so I can know the correct equipment to use, right? Just like that, we cannot fight battles when we don't know the truth and put it on daily, sharing it regularly, and equip our children so that they can do the same. Just like a stink bug, the devil can creep into areas of our lives and cause discomfort, doubt, pain, conflict. The little things begin to take over every space of our lives, our thoughts, our actions, and before long, we are ready to burn the house down or run away and hide from reality. We get drawn in and focused on the confusion that's going on, and before long, we are drowning in a sea of doubt. I'm going to challenge you to do something. We are almost in the last 90 days of the year. Can you believe it? We thought 2020 was bad, and then 2021 felt like a younger sibling trying to show off and show up a big brother or sister. But can you commit to doing seven days of truth with me? No matter what day you are listening, you can start today. Seven days of truth. What does this mean? We are going to find out who God is by diving into the truth of his word. I am going to post a passage of scripture every day on my social media accounts for seven days. That is on Facebook and Instagram. And I would like you to read them on your own and check in to say you read it along with any type of takeaway you have. I'll be doing it alongside of you. Now, if you don't have Facebook or Instagram, you can still participate. You can simply email me with the topic of seven day truth challenge. And I will personally send you an email with the scripture of the day for seven days. Now, don't worry. I won't bombard you with emails outside of that. If you are in and I hope you are, I will post the links to Facebook and Instagram in my show notes, or you can search Imperfectly Pollyanna. Make sure that you have alerts on for when I make posts. If you want to email me instead, you can send it to Courtney at imperfectlypollyanna.com. I will start posting the scriptures on Friday, October 1st. So if you are listening after that date, that's okay. Just hop on in or read and catch up. I'm not going anywhere. And I'm really looking forward to this challenge and doing it with you. If you know of anyone who would like to participate with us, feel free to send them this episode or tag them in the social media posts. Even if you decide not to participate, I want you to know that I am praying for you. Yes, you. I am praying for your peace, your strength, your health, your wisdom, and for you to find the truth. 
the real truth that you seek. I'm hoping this podcast reaches those needing encouragement or support. If that's you, you found a friend. If you found value in this episode, would you share it with someone you love and care about? The way a podcast gets heard is by word of mouth, and I would sure appreciate it if you would. I hope you'll continue showing up as we find the good together. Remember, you are loved, and I am so glad you're here. See you next time.